0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: How'd you feel when you saw Yamamoto score that goal? Oh, it's unbelievable. Dude.
2: That goal was a great goal, important for our team. When he walked into our dressing room, there was a real loud cheer because everyone cheers for him because he's a little engine that could. He stuck with it. He ended up scoring the series winner.
1: And the Mabouchard lining up, shooting, deflected home. What a tip! Connor McDavid, the captain, scores a minute 25 in. The Oilers won the Kings nothing in game six. So you got me
0: range bombers shifted past stewart skinner edmontons had multiple opportunities to add an insurance goal here and instead it's jersey who ties it.
1: Clean cost that swoops to the offense so reset shot score. Boston, second of the series, and Edmonton regains the lead, 2-1. Garvinson, one-timer field on the save made. Stewart Skinner on the rebound, driven down the ice. It was fun to go through all that for my first playoff round uh, in the NHL, being able to lose an OT game and learning how to come back from that and get a win, breaking a stick and letting an uh, empty net goal go in, being able to understand how it works, you know, might as well bounce back and do my thing. I'm excited to hopefully do that uh, another time here. Flipped in front, wrist shot, save made, Trevor Moore. Point blank. Stewart Skinner, best save of the night. Short-handed. Here's a one-timer. Score. McDavid to Drysdale and Edmonton extends to a 3-1 lead. Drysdale with his seventh goal of the series, that leads all postseason players. And Edmonton by a goose. <laughs> Fiala to Kempe. Shot scored. Kevin Fiala. Four assists in the series. Peering inside. Shooting. Scoring. Try to settle a steal. In front for Yamamoto. It's hit the save. Rebound. Score. Second of the game. First shift. Clean. it makes it 4-3. Edmonton. Gavrikov down the middle of the ice. no wanted a potential shorthanded. chance. Oh, a turnover. And Deneau taps it home. Spins Yamamoto, looking for the net. Top of the left circle, shot, score! Tyler Yamamoto, put it upstairs, and Edmonton takes a 5-4 lead. Thunder, thunder.
2: We beat them in a, in a long series last year too. We're comfortable playing in these games. You said that. They're a good team. They're better offensively than I think people give them credit for. It's a credit to us to, uh, to get the job done here. I was proud of our team. I was proud how our team altered our game in order to meet this challenge that's immediately before us. But now we're going to take on a team that finished ahead of us in the standings. We're going to have to elevate our game. I believe our players believe in our process, but now we got to go out and make good on it. Run, 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 run.
0: And welcome back to Oilers Now, everybody. Going three hours for as long as the Oilers are in the NHL playoffs. Let's hope that you, we're going three hours for another six weeks. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor. And that is... Is the one and only World of Spas. Aking after a long day. World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Edmonton's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. La Bamba, of course, uh, paying homage to both Joey Moss and Ben Stelter. And uh, a bit of the Oilers' theme song after wins at home. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers opening on the road against the Vegas Golden Knights as we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. And we're going to go to our Oilers now headliner today, backed by popular demand for his incredible detail. Um... On goaltending, we're going to bring in Mike McKenna, our order's now headliner, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Uh, I'm going to see Trent and Nicole tomorrow on uh, one of the now two off days in between uh, games one and two. Uh, Wilhock Beef Jerky, it's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Mike McKenna, uh, who uh, was a goaltender for uh, multiple NHL organizations and uh, now does some fine work with Daily Face Off. Hello, Mike. How you doing?
2: Hey, Bob, I'm doing great, and the best part of today, you get a double dose of me. It's not just goaltending. I covered Vegas pretty closely for a couple of years and still do, so we yes. got plenty to talk about, man. Look at this, getting going yeah. on game one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I have a theory about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know if you remember this, but when the Oilers uh, relieved Pete Chiarelli of his duties uh, in January of 2019, I put a tweet out and had Kelly McCrimmon listed either first or second. He was the then assistant GM of Vegas as uh, one of the top candidates for the Edmonton Oilers general manager job. Vegas subsequently, as Bob Nicholson began the process when the season ended that year, quickly accelerated Kelly into the GM's role. Um, He hired a lot of the people in this organization. He and George McPhee have excelled at finding players at relatively cheap prices that have come in and killed it. Carlson, obviously, in the expansion draft. Chandler Stevenson is another primary example. My theory is players come here and get better. Why? You are around this on a day-to-day basis. What do they do? What's in their environment that keeps making guys better?
2: Well, you know, the initial factor was just simply the expansion draft and having opportunity, and William Carlson certainly fits into that role, and I think you could even toss Jonathan Marshall in as well, Riley Smith playing a bit expanded. But you talk about somebody like Stevenson, who the Vegas Golden Knights picked up on a whim, basically. I mean, there was past precedent, right? George McPhee was the GM of the Washington Capitals when Stevenson was coming up through that organization, so he knew the player very well, but they got him for a fifth-round pick. Like, basically, a used puck bag. Stevenson has worked so well because him and Stone are so good together. And of course, Stone also is another player who came over from Ottawa and, and managed to take his game to, in my eyes, to another level because he was named captain. Simple as that. He was given the responsibility to lead that team. I'd played with Stone in Ottawa, where you know he was an assistant captain, but he wasn't given the full reins. In my eyes, hadn't reached his potential. He has in Vegas. Um, but I think for and just across the board, that team. You know, the last couple of years have been a bit rocky. They've gone through a lot of players. But there's a pretty good vibe there, man. Like, there's way worse places that you could be playing hockey. They're treated incredibly well in Vegas. And and there is a bond with that community that the players get to feel. So, you know, sometimes you feel like you take on an added responsibility to the people that you play in front of every night. And I think that's an integral part of being a Vegas Golden Knight.
0: You said it's rocky. I mean, they had a rocky year last year in large part due to injury. Now, I'll be honest, Mike. I thought Vegas might miss the playoffs at the start of the season. I, I'm serious. I thought they could go the wrong way. They came in first in the West, and they came in first, Mike, despite not being top 10 in goals for, top 10 in goals against, top 10 in the power play of the PK, top 10 in shots for, shots against. How
2: in the heck did they do it? They did it because they defended, and they also did it because Kelly McCrimmon hired Bruce Cassidy as the head coach of this team. and And that's not a... It's not a shot over the bow at Pete DeBoer, who did a great job as head coach of the Golden Knights and is also now leading the Dallas Stars, and he's still around, too. But what Bruce Cassidy did really well is put structure, defensive structure, in place for the Vegas Golden Knights that even when the team went through an injury spell, January, February, you know, they, they were missing players. But they still had the structure in place that as long as they had... Two thirds, three quarters of their main guys, they could get it done. So they've been able to keep shots to the outside for the goaltenders. They've made Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, take your pick, Laurent Perçois, they've made them look really good um, because of that. And So the scoring aspect has been tough for them because you've expected Eichel to really pick it up. And I think we've found that Eichel is, he's probably a point of game player at the NHL at most. He's not going to be your 120, 130 guy like a Kachuk or a McDavid or beyond with them. But I think that Vegas plays to a pretty strong identity with Cassidy. They're not great at anything other than executing their system, right? They're good on the power play. They're good on the kill. Um, but they're not great at anything. It's the sum of the parts there that, much like the way that their roster is constructed with a whole lot of five and $6 million contracts, you get a lot of good hockey out of quality players, and it comes together as a group.
0: Their defense average is three, two 215 pounds. Now, Edmonton has a much bigger defense spike, as you know, than a couple of years ago when they played the Jets and they had Chris Russell, 5'10", 185 uh, Tyson Berry 5'11 200, paired in their second pairing. I mean you look at the Oilers and you got Nurse at 6'4. Uh, he's playing with CC at 6'3, though not an overly physical player. Uh, you got Eckholm at 6'4. He's with Bouchard 6'2, and then you got Kulak at 6'1 and a half with 6'6, uh, 6'7. Vincent Dearnay and Broberg six foot four if they go eleven and seven. But the Knights average six foot three and two hundred and fifteen. And I might assert to you they're probably even a little bit more physical in the back end. You talked about the ability to box out outside. Is that part of the factor? They got that big, heavier defense with a couple guys that can really move it.
2: Yeah, and there's a guy named Braden McNabb that I don't think people realize how important to that team to Vegas as he is. And the thing is that McNabb's a little bit banged up. Um, he, he was he did miss a game in the first-round series with an upper-body injury. I think his ribs were beat up uh, from what I had been hearing, but he will be in the lineup this evening. Mark Stone will be in the lineup as well. Of course, he's a forward, but, I mean, that's a pretty heavy, heavy big yet mobile defense for Vegas. And I don't think it plays quite the same role as it did under Pete DeBoer. Um, You know, DeBoer loved to get the defense in on the rush, the second wave of attack. And Cassidy is a little bit, um, a little more relaxed in that regard. But you look down that, that pairings man you've got white cloud he can play heavy he'll block shots Haig. he's rangy uh McNabb the same way and petrangelo for me i think petrangelo is the best all-around player for the vegas golden knights this year and, and he's kind of been hit or miss so far in this playoffs which is a little bit surprising for me um but all around they all work and they all block shots <laughs> and that's a key part um of what vegas does so when they keep it to the outside, it's hard to get pucks past them. They're fairly mobile, um, but it is a different complexion. If they're missing Theodore, if they're missing McNabb, things start to look a lot different for Vegas. The depth is is the one thing on D that I find a little bit to, a little bit questionable.
0: All right. Uh, we're joined by Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff. He spent the first couple seasons in Vegas as one of their broadcasters, and uh, he's on Daily Faceoff on a regular basis with uh, Frank Cervale, one of the things that Mike's really got to handle on his goaltending. And – just like we all had at the start of the year, Pacific Division Final, Edmonton and Vegas, Stuart Skinner for the Oilers against Laurent Bressois for the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. What happened here?
2: Yeah, well, you know what? At the start of the season, I was on record saying I think Stuart Skinner is going to play a much bigger role for the Oilers than people realize. Now, I didn't expect him to come in and be able to take over the number one job, which he did. I thought he'd probably play 35 or 40 games. Yeah. just because I thought, you know, maybe Campbell gets hurt and Skinner goes on a run or whatever it may be. Um, so, obviously, Skinner's won the crease. I didn't love Skinner's first round. I thought he was good enough. But what I did like about him was his resiliency. I mean, we all saw the gas with the broken stick in game six. I mean, you can't yeah. do anything about that. Nothing. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, but, man, he responded and came back and just shook it off. That impresses me. Um, he, he's not the most dynamic goaltender but he is very structured. He's good enough to win rounds. Now with Brassois, man, like he came off of complete hip surgery, like reconstruction surgery in the off season. He basically hadn't been healthy since December, January, maybe ever. He says he has more mobility than he's ever had before. And I think the key component for Brassois is actually the fact that he started this year in the American league. He played 23 games in the American league this year, Bob, before he got called up by necessity to the Vegas golden Knights. Now, and you factor in that he played five with the Golden Knights down the stretch, played well. He played 28 games total this season. That's the most that he's played since he was a member of the Oilers organization in 2017-18. And that was in the American League. So I think there's a rhythm there for Brassois. And I also think that he's taken a look at his game in the mirror and said, you know what, last year I allowed way too many goals where I was passive in my post integrations. I was down early. Pucks beat me up high. I've seen him be much more vertically active making saves. Um, his hand hands seem to be freed up a little bit, and it's really his mobility. Like, his hips must feel amazing because his flexibility and his explosiveness uh, is better than I've seen. So I say all that, though, Bob, Bersouin's got a great team in front of him defensively. Bersouin has been very good. If Vegas loses this series, I don't think it'll be because of Bersouin. Now, for Edmonton, if Edmonton loses the series... I think it could be because of Skinner if you look at it, because you know Edmonton's going to score. So I think there's more pressure on Skinner today than there is on Briswath for this series.
0: Sorry, what was the vertical? What was that that you
2: used again? You said the yeah. Let me. Yeah, I apologize. You know, I get nerdy about this, Bob. No, no, so no. I, no, I want you to just active. educate
0: educate me and the listeners. Vertical? What did you say? Integration?
2: Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. So, vertically active. What I mean by that is. Some goaltenders, when they get down on their knees, they don't move their hands. They don't move their shoulders. They're static. They're stationary. And so you'll see times where, you know, we have a a post-integration that goalies use nowadays, reverse VH. And if you don't know what it is, Google it. But basically it's when the goalie is down against the post with their knee on the ice and their shoulders leaning against it. Well, players have really started to pick those upper corners. And a guy like Bruzwa got roasted on that last year. What he did to adapt that is now he'll shift, he'll shift upward, like vertically, push up okay. the post to take away that area, and he'll also do it when the puck is a little bit further away. I think he's just made himself not just conscious that people are shooting for these places, but he's also got to be able to make that save. So I saw, yeah. I, sometimes I coin things I don't even realize it. Vertically active. <laughs>
0: I saw Connor McDavid in back to back years in Pittsburgh in the second half of the season, once on Casey DeSmith and once on uh, Tristan Jari. Exact same play, cut uh, from the right hand side. I was on the power play from the right to the left and then beat the goaltender, Heidelish, basically aim at his head because he was taking away the, the, the lower part of the net and was cheating a bit and banked it in, you know, beat him over the shoulder as it turned out. Yep. And that's kind of, what you, is that kind of what you're talking about then?
2: Yeah, it's and, similar to that. I mean, I, bottom line, if you want to just distill it down, Broussard was just getting beat high blocker way too often last year in high okay. glove because his hands and shoulders weren't active and pucks were going up and over him. He's corrected that in my eyes to as much of a degree as you could expect in an offseason. All right. Uh, I, I got to ask you, uh,
0: because there's been conflicting reports out of Boston, did you hear anything about the fact that maybe – Mark wasn't at the right place to be playing in Game 6 of that series against Florida?
2: You know, I saw Kevin Weeks tweet that Olmark was playing with, I believe he said a debilitating injury, I want to hear say. Um, this really kind of bothered me to see because one, it really makes Jim Montgomery look bad, and I don't know if Jim Montgomery deserves that because if a, if a player's playing with a, what's something that feels debilitating, why are you in the net? Like, you need to get out of the net if that's the case, um, especially with Swayman available, who's yep. – you know, right there with Allmark. So I don't know. If that's the case, somebody mismanaged this. And I don't want to toss that right at Montgomery to start because I right. get the feeling he might have been, you know, overruled. not oblivious, but maybe not quite aware or overruled. It could have happened as well. If Allmark's the guy, he's being paid. I don't know. I will say this, though, about Boston Bob. They have historically, for the last 10, 12 years, pick their guy for playoffs and run with him. Rask and Halak, they did that. Thomas and Rask, they did it. It seems to be that if Bob Ascender, the goalie coach, is the person who is involved in these decisions, which you would expect, there seems to be a preference for playing one guy. But if Omark was that hurt, I don't know why they didn't go to Swayman. I would like to know more about that situation.
0: Did you hear what Montgomery said after they lost Game 7 on the decision to go to Swayman? He said, you'd have to ask goalie Bob about that. I was... A le- I'm watching a coach, a head coach, on a nightly basis. Credit his players every step away, even when the players are sitting there. Connor McDavid David talking about Jay Woodcroft being a top three or top five coach, and Jay says the same thing every day. I have a lot of really good hockey players to coach. Don't ever forget that. You know, like yeah. the old Bear Bryant line, right? The coach that's the best coach, the coach that's the best coach is a coach that walks off the bus with the best players, right? That's kind of, <laughs> the, right? That's what Bear. I mean. He was only the best coach in college football for about 50 years until Nick Saban, so came around. But it is it is interesting, Like because it it's a tricky thing with, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how oh, the split yeah. work, works between the head coach, the goalie coach, who knows, maybe even the president. I mean, Cam Neely's got a lot of power in Boston. You never know how these things yeah.
2: work out. So. The last thing you want is to make Cam Neely mad and have him spit on your burger. We've all seen Dumb and Dumber, you know, Seabass. Yep. Pre- we've seen this happen before. Yep. Kick, <laughs> your ass. Kick,
0: kick, kick his ass, Seabass. Mike, we love having you on the show. Thanks for uh, vertically, uh, vertically integrating me into the uh, conversation today.
2: Oh, you got it, Bob. Yeah, big words, dude. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Nobody butchers them like I
0: do. Trust me. Thanks a lot. (laughs) That that is uh, Mike McKenna. It's 125. We'll take a quick time out. You're listening to winners now. Well, they're getting ready for tonight's game here. Bob Stopper live at T-Mobile Arena. 128. We talk about Brent Ridge Ford and their presence Awards for customer satisfaction, their full transparency, their customer care after the purchase. But another big factor in the success of Brent Ridge Ford in Task one where cars cost less like any great franchise, stability. At Brent Ridge Ford. Here's some legacy level stats for you. They've had the same owner since 1987. We mentioned uh, Rich Johnny and Uncle Milt. Well, Johnny started watching cars in 07. He's now the assistant GM. And I know from my personal experience, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority in the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. John Shannon will join us at 235 again. You can uh, text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes in saying, Bob, I mean, come on, let's not pretend here. Edmonton had Bressois, Winnipeg had him. Nobody wanted him. He's not that good of a goalie. He's just getting lucky right now. Ooh, we'll see. You listen to Mike McKenna. He thinks that uh, Bressois is finally reaching his potential. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn and back with John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling.